Welcome to the We Believe in Florida Citrus podcast, brought to you by Florida Grower Magazine. The We Believe in Florida Citrus initiative shines a light on the positive work taking place to build a sustainable future for the state's signature crop. Each episode of this podcast will bring you insights and expertise from key players in the citrus industry. Now, here's Florida Grower Editor Frank Giles with this episode's interview. Welcome to the We Believe in Florida Citrus Podcast. We've got a great guest today. This initiative is a lot about storytelling, and uh, Brenda Eubanks Burnett is probably knows a lot of stories about citrus, probably a lot more stories than most folks know. So she's a great guest to have today to talk about Hall of Famers and Miss Florida Citrus and, and other things. Brenda, welcome. Well, thank you. I'm really happy to be here. I'm glad you guys are doing this. Thank you. Uh, well, let's just start off. Just tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Uh, I grew up in Winter Haven, and um, I actually became involved in the industry in uh, 1978 because I was Miss Winter Haven, and um, somebody in the crowd there had seen me, and they asked me to fill in for Miss Florida Citrus doing a uh, something with a TV station through Winter Garden Citrus um, Products plant. And, um, and so I, I got into the industry from, from that one little fill-in for Miss Florida Citrus and the rest is history, as they say. Um, I was Miss Florida Citrus in 1981. Um, Bill Rayleigh was my sponsor. I'd actually competed in 79 and uh, was very green. I was not a pageant girl at all. I just needed the money to go to school. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's, that's why I was in both of those pageants, and that's what paid for school. But um, I came back the second time and, and uh, won it. And it was funny because I was selling advertising for WSIR radio at the time. And uh, my boss, uh, Ron Jeffries, had said, you know, if you enter this, I'm going to have to fire you. I said, why? <laughs> I said, I need, the, I need the job. He said, well, because if you win it, then I'm going to be out of a salesperson. So you decide if you want to be a fluff girl or you want to have a job. I said, well, I don't think it's a fluff position at all. So I'm going for it. And thank God I won because that, that's exactly why I am where I am today is because of that pageant. Great, great. Executive director of the Florida Citrus Showcase uh, from 89 to 94. In that position that we covered the Florida Citrus Hall of Fame, the Miss Florida Citrus Program, the Florida Citrus Festival and Polk County Fair, number of other um, special events that were designed to raise money and promote the industry at the time. And then uh, when I left there, moved south because of my husband's job, uh, I just stayed in the industry and um, I was selling little tchotchkes. I was doing this label books that I did with Jerry Shycone on the citrus crate labels, which became a big passion of mine. And I just stayed in the industry. And then eventually um, when the uh, Florida Citrus Hall of Fame moved out from the showcase, uh, we partnered with the Florida Southern College and I was involved in all of that as well and um, volunteered for a very long time and until I, it became a paying position, which um, we've been very fortunate. We went from Owen and Lindsay really $12,000 to having uh, you know, five endowments at um, Florida Southern College for students to help us preserve and promote the citrus industry as well as the Citrus Hall of Fame there. So it's been a really, really good ride. Great. Well, you know, speaking of the Hall of Fame, uh, 
talk a little bit more about that organization, how long it's been around and how many folks that have they, have they honored over the years? Well, it started in 1962 and it was an offshoot from the Citrus Exposition at the time. And um, the first year they inducted 17 people. I think the next year was eight. And ever since then, it's varied between um, one to five people from that point forward. And the selection committee is um, made up of people from different areas of the state, all in the citrus industry. And they meet once a year to vote on the people who've been nominated, um, put forth for, for consideration. And uh, now we have almost, uh, almost 200. Next year, we might hit the 200 mark. And next year, 2022, will be our 60th anniversary. So um, when we moved in with the, uh, when we moved over to Florida Southern College, uh, we went ahead and digitized all the records that we had, all, a lot of the citrus crate labels that we had in our possession. And you know, people were starting to get rid of a lot of their historical documents. You know, Generations were changing. And um, we were just so afraid that a lot of that information was gonna be lost. So we expanded our mission statement to go from honoring people who have given a lot to the industry to also um, preserving and promoting the industry and its importance to the state of Florida. And that has been a, um, it has really expanded our role because especially with the last 10 years with greening, how much of the industry has, has been, you know, has gone away. So uh, we really, really have tried hard to do that. And this year we have, um, because of COVID, we had to uh, move our induction ceremony from, it's traditionally held in March to November of this year. And we have four people going in, uh, John Jackson, who is, um, Lake County Citrus Extension agent and longtime uh, committee member of the Hall of Fame, former president. He's done a, just a yeoman's work on, on helping get the Hall of Fame back up and running. Uh, Lou Prosser, who's out of Dade City, um, Steve Sorrells, and um, Adam Putnam. So we've got a good group of people going in. We're hoping to have it at the field house at uh, Florida Southern College to give us more room. They've done some stuff in their other location that has given us less room. So. Uh, it'll be an interesting year to say the least, <laughs> but um, but the Hall of Fame we've we've done a lot in terms of expanding what we offer to people. Um, one of the big things that I've been working on uh, during the COVID downtime has been our what we call our citrus crate label tour, and it started in Polk County, something where we've gone around to each municipality in the in the county in Polk County and asked them to have replicas of the old citrus crate labels installed at various historic sites or business sites throughout the county so we can create a driving tour that people can go and see all of these uh, different labels and learn a little bit about the history through their phone or through an app or through a map or brochure um, and find a little bit about the history of the citrus industry through the crate labels because the artwork is just something that so many many people love and, and really um, start to get interested in. And it's a, it's a segue for us to get them the history behind those labels and of the industry itself. And we've been fortunate to expand that into several other counties. Manatee County has um, one city that has a sign there and we're working to expand it to some other areas. Uh, Vero Beach has four signs there and they're already linked to their website so they can go right to the, uh, the history on that. And then Lake County will have, um, I believe 12, 12 signs will be installed uh, by next by August, and we hope to have the um, the uh, unveiling and the dedications uh, in September. So that that's been a just a phenomenal program for us as well. Um, in addition to that, the oral history programs have been very well received. 
I think my, my only <laughs> my only drawback with the video uh, with the oral histories are because they are videotaped. And I think you know some of the funny stories that we know of and have heard of, nobody will go on in front of video and say them. <laughs> um, yeah. We hear about it off camera. <laughs> exactly. So, it's been it's been some of those that I would really like to get somebody to go on on um, camera and do it. Like uh, like for instance, I had asked Ben Hill. I said, "So Ben Hill, what you know? Why why do you, why are your trucks that that green color? Because that's an unusual color, Ben Hill." He said, "Yes, it is, darling." <laughs> and he said he said uh, they were using so many cars every year in the fleet that the um, automobile manufacturer had offered to give them whatever color they wanted and so um, Ben Hill Jr. came up with that color uh, and uh, it was it was a color that they don't use anywhere else uh, in in the company uh, in any automobile company and it was and Ben Hill said and that way if I see one of my trucks with that distinctive color in Orlando and I know we're not supposed to be in Orlando he's gonna know he's not supposed to be in Orlando either <laughs> Uh, that's great. That's great. They are very distinctive. That yeah, you oh, can yes. pick them out. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's wonderful. So we we get a lot of uh, fun stories of it, um, and it's and it's one of those things as as with any his, historical type of thing that you try to do, you get into a little rabbit hole because you go down one area and you start looking for something, and all of a sudden it segues into another area because you don't realize that those two people were interconnected because it's been so long ago, and uh, and so it's been. It's been, I wish I could remember everything that I've read, but I'm not one of those people that can. Uh, so I have to write it down or get it recorded. And, and we don't need to do that for posterity for sure too. So it's, it's, been, a, it's been very interesting though. I bet, I bet. Well, speaking of the, all the people that have been honored over the years, any folks that jump out at you is really interesting that this sort of stuck with you uh, of those folks? Well, back in the day, we had some larger than life figures. I mean, they, you, they don't make them like that anymore. Um, Bernie Egan was one that I, I just loved the heck out of that guy. He was such a gentleman, very nice guy. And um, I, I saw a different side of him than some of the other stories that I'd heard, but he was um, apparently quite a speedster and would, uh, uh, with everything that he was, he, he had so much on his plate, he probably needed every second he could get. <laughs> but uh, I, know, I know he was always, he was always uh, given a hard time for driving so fast and through the groves in his big Cadillac, I think it was. And, uh, they even made a cartoon up about him uh, with him and his, his big Cadillac driving through the groves. And I remember there was there was another one. And again, I, I'm not going to name some names, but because I, I'm not going to make sure it's right. But there, there was a Florida Citrus Mutual meeting. I want to say Bobby McCowan told me this story, but uh, one of the board members got so mad, he jumped up and stormed out the door. And everybody's just waiting for him to see what would happen because the door he went out of was the closet. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so he had to come back into that, to the big meeting and then go out the, to the other door, <laughs> the correct door. Corda sort of takes away from the dr dramatic exit. I, absolutely. So, I mean, those are some of the stories we hear, but we can't actually get on video. Um, and I, so, so please tell people when, when we do interview them that, uh, you know, come on and then go on video for me, or at least uh, let me write it down. <laughs> There's some fun ones there. Uh, it's interesting in the, the members in the Hall of Fame, I, I just came across this. I didn't realize it at the time. And it's because when we write the inductees bios and information, we don't always include who their family members are. And when you um, go back to see how some of them were so interconnected, I was talking to Lindsey Rayleigh. He was giving me some um, artifacts for, uh, for the archives and he was going, 
um, you know, my mom is, I think, the only one who was married to two guys who are in the Hall of Fame. I said, what? I said, I had no idea. He said, yeah, Cornell was my, was, uh, was her first husband. <laughs> so it was one of those things where I didn't know that because nowhere in the information that we were given was, was her name put, put down there. And I only knew her as, um, as, you know, Donald Rayleigh. So, and Bill Rayleigh was, was her second husband and he was in there too. So all three of them were in there. So those are the things that are kind of interesting that you just don't realize until you start really delving into some of that history. And the reason I even started going through more of the history was to make sure some of it that, that was correct because I had found some errors. And also because we're doing a book on the inductees that we want to have available for our upcoming um, uh, in luncheon on November 5th, um, you know, for, for this next induction, because we'd like to have that to preface the, the 60th, which is rolling into that on the first of the 20, you know, 2022. So I'm really been working hard over the last couple of years now, just trying to make sure we have this, that history behind each person vetted. And um, when you're talking 195 people, that's a lot to go through. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, you mentioned the oral histories and those are really neat. Um, how many of those have you collected? And if, if people are interested in hearing those, uh, where would they go uh, to access it? We probably are up to around 30 to 40 now. Not all of them are transcribed and not all of them are on the website, but they would go to our website, which is, um, FloridaCitrusHallOfFame.com, and they not only can they get the oral histories, but for the last I want to say um, five to eight years, we have been um, we have been videoing all of our presentations on the Hall of Fame inductees, so they can also go back and watch all of those that we that we've done so far that that are on the website. Um, the website's a really good resource, and we're partnering with some other. Um, we have some other videos on there from like the Polk County History Center on the Citrus Crate labels, um, University of Florida with Jerry Chicone's label, Citrus Label Collection. And then we have a, a really nice collection on the website of uh, old postcards, industry photographs. And um, one of the things that we try to do is, is we try to use any artifacts that we have and loan them out to other history museums or um, uh, our history centers throughout the state. So when they're telling a citrus story, they have those artifacts that they can use. And that has led to uh, an interesting thing that just came out in the last three weeks was the, um, there's a hotel that's being built in Orlando next to the Swan and Dolphin Hotel that's called The Retreat. And they wanted to bring in some type of a citrus heritage to, um, to this hotel uh, and, and tell a bit of the story about the citrus in, in that area in Orange County. And so they reached out to us because of our website presence and what we offer there. And so we might be doing some work with them. Miss Florida Citrus will probably be there um, for their grand opening, which will be, I think, in September. And, um, and hopefully we'll be able to have some of our uh, Citrus Crate Label books in some of the VIP suites and that type of thing. And I mean, so it's going to be something where, you know, if we, if we hadn't been in involved with Florida Southern College and had a big website presence that we do, that call would have never been made to us. So I'm very um, you know, excited that it looks like a lot of the efforts that we've made are working and that you know, we're reaching out to tell people, hey, we're helping, we're, we're trying to preserve our history, but we also need to promote that history so people realize what an important part of the state's growth that citrus really is. That's wonderful. I, and I will just say about the uh, Hall of Fame lunch and the little vignette videos that you do when you're introducing uh, 
the honorees are, are really well done. And uh, oh, and, thank you. I appreciate that. Yep, yep absolutely. I, I write those, so it makes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it makes me happy. <laughs> that's good. They're really good. They're really good. Um, thank you. So, if somebody's interested in nominating someone, uh, how does that process work? They just need to go on our website or, or give me a call or email me and um, get a nomination form. You can download it from the website or I can email it to you. And the nominations have to be in by November 1st of each year. And um, we ask that you submit a photograph, uh, biographical information on the person and at least five letters of support. And the reason we ask for the five letters of support and, and we ask that you don't send out a form letter for somebody to sign their name to, we ask for that because those people that send in those letters of support, those are the people that I call and ask them if they, we can interview them about the inductee that's going in. Uh, and then we get personal stories from them about their, their interactions with that person or their knowledge of that person's life. And so it's, it's uh, when we see a form letter that makes it really hard because it's not really gonna help us tell the story of that person's life. All we're gonna be able to see is that flat piece of paper that we have and not a lot of times not all that information is on there. I go out and I interview um, you know, family members and people who have uh, sent in the letters of support. I interview all those people and I write the script up after those interviews are done and then slot in photographs and everything else and, and pull in what those people are telling us about that inductee. Now, I normally know what I'm trying to find because of the information that was garnered in the nomination form. So it has to be it can't just be, hey, I think, you know, Joe Blow needs to be in here and that's it. It has to be supported because we have 20 people who are looking at this and they might not have known him, especially if it's an older person that was a couple of generations ago. And we do try to go back and pull some of the pioneers forward because they've been lost. We've got a number of, of good ones that, you know, either, either there hasn't been enough information for the current committee to go forward on it to, to know or or it's, um, or it's just the information has been lost because it has been so old, but that nomination packet's very important. And I am very happy to talk with anybody at all. If they want to call me and say, hey, I'm putting this nomination packet together. Can you give me some suggestions or whatever? I'm very, very happy to do that. So just, you know, I'm, I'm always open for that type of thing. Excellent. And then I, I think we may have been talking about some of this already, but uh, I know you're involved with the McKay archives. Talk a little bit about that collection and how people could experience uh, that as well. The McKay Archives, well, uh, Professor Max started that, and it's the, it's the um, McKay Citrus, it's actually the Florida, State of Florida Citrus Archives is the actual name, and it's at the um, Sarah McKay um, Archives Center at Florida Southern College. And um, what that is, is it's a, an area that um, we hold all the paper in. It's not a museum. A lot of people think they're going to come in and have all these things to look at, and it's not. It's, it's really mostly an online resource. Uh, if you can call, you can, you can always call or email either me or the archivist, who is Jerry Shaw. Um, she will, and some of our, our students, our fellowship students, are more than happy to go through and look up what we have in the, in the archives because, for instance, we have all the minutes for uh, Florida Citrus Mutual are in the archives. Um, somebody can't really see them, but we're in the process of trying to digitize them and getting those so they would be open via doing it through our website, um, you know, or through Florida Southern College's website. Um, all of our photographs and we have we have a lot of stuff in there, but you just have to let us know what you're looking for so we can access the right thing that's for that person. But about the only time we have any type of a citrus display is normally around the time that we have the um, 
Florida Citrus Hall of Fame luncheon. And that's so because when we have the um, inductees come over to the archive center, which is where the Hall of Fame display is. And that's a big tree with glass leaves that each person's name and uh, the year that they're inducted is listed there. And so we have the new inductees come over and pull, uh, you know, unveil those, their, their names on that tree every year. So that's about the only time we actually have a, a formal display that can be seen. But online would be the best, the best way to utilize that. And if you're looking for specific research information, either call me or, or Jerry Ann Shod or email us. Um, and you can get through the floridacitrushalloffame.com. You can get uh, to, to both of us. Perfect. And if they wanted to access what's available online, they'd go to that same website. Yes. Okay, perfect. Absolutely. Perfect. Yes. Well, good deal. Well, finally, let's talk a little bit about Miss Florida Citrus. You're you're a, a former winner and and you've been a champion of that uh, of that and our, we've had some recent winners who've done well in, in the Florida, uh, Miss Florida competition. Just so give us a little background on that and and where we're where we are today with it. Uh, in 2012 was the 50th anniversary for the Florida Citrus Hall of Fame. And at that time, I um, hosted a luncheon for the former Florida Citrus Queens, Miss Florida Citruses, as, in an effort to bring everybody together for the gala that was happening that weekend. And one of the people at that, um, one of the events that we did was LaVoice Porter. And uh, she was Miss, she was a Florida Citrus Queen in, I think, 1964. It might have been 66. I'm not quite sure right now. But anyway, she approached me and, and said, hey, can I bring somebody with me? Well, she's been a big sponsor of the Miss America program through the, the Miss Florida system. And she asked me if I would bring back the, the Miss um, Florida Citrus title. I said, oh, absolutely, I would love to. Well, this was November. And I said, you know, I, let me get through our luncheon, which is in March, because with the scale and everything going on, it's pretty busy and, and I've still got to do all the videos and everything else because we, didn't, we don't meet to decide on who goes into the Hall of Fame until the, the first week in December. And she goes, oh, no, we have to have it done by April 30th. Wow. <laughs> I think it was April 1st, actually. So I ended up having to do that first pageant two weeks after our, our annual luncheon, which was a, that was a chore. But, um, but we got it done, and that was our first one. She was in the top 12. Um, we've, we've had, every single one of our um, ladies have been in the top 12 since we started it. And last year, uh, Michaela McLean, she won it. She um, is... Uh, her family's in, in Citrus, uh, Ben McLean, uh, Benny McLean, they're, they're all in the Citrus industry. And she was a wonderful, I wish we'd had her a little bit longer just because it was Citrus, but she went on to Miss America and she placed in the top 15 in Miss America, did really well. And then this year, um, Layla Sabet is our Miss Florida Citrus and she uh, was second runner up. And then Miss Winterhaven, because I give two titles. And I give that because that was how I got started. I was Miss Winterhaven and I was a Florida Citrus Queen. And those are the two titles that I try to use to, as my way of giving back. And, um, and so the Miss Winterhaven, she won top vocalist and, uh, and Layla Sabet, Miss Florida Citrus won second, second runner up. So it's near and dear. We give out you know, $3,000 in scholarships every year. We try to encourage the industry to, um, to use Miss Florida Citrus at various events. I know uh, Always Fresh Farms, she, they were using uh, her in some of their um, store promotions out in Texas um, in January of every year. Of course, not this year, but, um, but you know, we've, had, we've had some good industry support at using her at various functions. She's normally always at um, you know, the golf uh, banquet during Citrus Expo week. And um, 
when I can get her to the uh, Citrus Show in Fort Pierce, I try to get her there as well. And just uh, just other appearances that that we set up. This year, I was approached by um, somebody who bought uh, the Dunson's property over uh, in Davenport near Osner Park. Uh, and they're gonna be building some green apartments there. And they would like for Miss Florida Citrus because it's gonna be called Dunson Groves Apartments. They would like for her to be a brand ambassador for that program. So we're working those details out. So it's just uh, you know a lot again, just to get the Florida Citrus um, you know, vision out there, the brand out there and help support that. The more faces that you can put to Florida Citrus that are you know encouraging and, and um, you know, make people feel good. It's just a better thing for the industry. Uh, because you know citrus is a feel-good product. Right, I know. I know it's a great experience for those young women, and, and I know you're passionate about it because I see all that you do for it. So <laughs> it's it's great to see. If I could only turn how to get that, to get that paid for that, that'd be good. But I, I again, I just I turned it into trying to trying to get the girls, you know, scholarship money. Like I said, we pay three thousand dollars in scholarship money, and we go um, five. We've got a thousand for Miss Winter Haven, a thousand for Miss Florida Citrus. And then uh, 500, 300, 200 for the next three up, and um, and then we try to get them some money throughout the year if we can, and, and just support them. We help pay for their way through Miss Florida, and uh, and just you know keep working with them because it's a, it's a great experience whether they win or not. It just really helps people grow in terms of being business people in the world because um, you know and, and the girls all have to uh, they have a platform, social initiative statement that they that they do and they give back to the community so. It's a win-win all the way around because I'm giving to them and they're giving to the community uh, and to Florida Citrus and, and the you know the other areas uh, specifically, which is nice. Um, and every single one of them that have have gone from our you know, have gone on have done very well with what they've been doing. So I'm very happy. In fact, one of one of my uh, title holders, one uh, Rachel Smith, she got married um, uh, last year or two years ago. And she now actually uh, runs the Miss Gainesville pageant. Again, they're all Miss America preliminaries, but, it, but you know, she, she, that rolled into that. So we, these, these women are just very uh, special young ladies. And we've been really fortunate with, with the caliber of people that, that have come through our doors. And so very happy to be able to help them out and have, and have them help the industry out. That's great. Well, that's great. Well, I think with that, we'll wrap it up. It's been a great conversation and we really appreciate you joining us. Well, thank you. You know, I'm always happy to do it. And it's hard to shut me up once I get going. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best kind of interview. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Frank. I appreciate it. <laughs>